0: The show is sponsored by GummyCube, and they are an app store optimization expert. Did you know that most search queries in mobile do not match the web? Uh, so you need to find out about ranking for the right keywords to help with your app success. To find out more, go to gummycube.com. That's g-u-m-m-i-c-u-b-e-gummycube.com. They are the world's leading app store optimization experts. And thank you, Gummy Cube, for sponsoring the show. This episode is sponsored by Apptentive. Apptentive will improve your mobile app ratings and help you grow your user base. So to sign up for a free mobile app consultation, go to apptentive.com forward slash appguy, all lowercase, apptentive.com forward slash guy. And thank you so much to Apptentive for supporting this show. Before I start today's episode, make sure you listen at the end for a special announcement about the app launches I've been involved with uh, very recently. Uh, so that's an end announcement uh, for the app launches. But let's get into today's episode. Hey, it's Tom Kinnebra here, uh, Head of Publishing for Game Analytics. And you're listening to Paul Kemp on the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. So welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. Uh, this is the podcast that helps you as an app entrepreneur, app developer. Uh, if you're just even working full time and you just want to uh, be inspired by the guests that we have on the show, then this is the series of, of podcasts for you. Um, every week, I, uh, in fact, every uh, time I do an interview, uh, I have uh, a mo- the most fascinating guests uh, from around the world. Uh, I handpick these guests and we uh, go through their journeys and uh, just try to learn what we can from uh, all the inspirational journeys that we've had. Uh, and so let me introduce today's guest. Uh, his name is Don Borah, and he is the co founder of 8 Bit Studios. He's based in Chicago. Uh, you know, I don't know if I've had too many entrepreneurs from Chicago, so it's good <laughs> to get some representation from there. Don, welcome to the App Guy podcast.
1: Thank you very much, Paul. Appreciate it. Glad yeah, look, to be
0: here. Uh, first of all, Chicago. Then uh, is uh, are you surrounded by a lot of entrepreneurs? There is it a pretty good place to hang out for uh, to be a founder?
1: You know, it's turned out to be that way. I started my first company about seventeen years ago, and back then, companies in Chicago, when they were service-based software companies like the one I'd started, it was really difficult to find work. Um, you basically were gunning up against the big six accounting firms uh your deloitte and Touche's and ernst and young scrapping for your clients like motorola and baxter so really fortune five and fortune 100 companies nowadays i think the st- current statistic is that there's a new startup founded every 24 hours in the city and we've got about six incubators ranging from uh pretty much generic found generic startup um foundational stuff like, you know, your Groupon type ones, your uh, social apps, all the way to medical and medical device startups. And we're also starting to get a hardware in the city too. So it's it's an extremely exciting time to be, to be doing what I'm doing.
0: And, and Don, I noticed that when you were um, introducing yourself there, you mentioned 17 years. I, I have known um, when I used to work people in corporations that have worked for a salary for 17 to 20 years. What has it been like? Would you recommend life as an entrepreneur?
1: Uh, Yeah, definitely. Um, I spent about, I would say, about half of my career working for other people and half of my career working for my own clients. Um, You know, it's a misnomer to think you're always your own boss. It's just the different kinds of people you work with. So as a, you know, as part of a company, you're, you know, you're directly part of a, a reporting hierarchy. And it's just a slightly different flavor than when you're working, uh, you know, quote unquote, for yourself. You're choosing your own clients, you're choosing who you work with, and you do that on a pretty regular basis, depending on how quickly you deliver products. So, I, I mean, I really enjoy both. Um, I love being, I guess, what, what you would call an entrepreneur. Um, I kind of set my own hours. Um, I'm about to, I'm right now trying to negotiate with a, a friend of mine. Um, We're doing a seminar here in Chicago in a couple weeks. And we're trying to get some rehearsal time together. And I'm completely flexible. I can pretty much just head over whenever I want to. And she's more locked down because she's in a full-time job. So she loves what she's doing. But at the same time, you know, I'm just like, I, I laughed at her this weekend. And I'm like, oh, uh, you did take that job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Don, let's talk about 8-Bit Studios. And I have to say that your website, I mean, anyone who hasn't, I think <laughs> I think they should actually pause this podcast right now and just go and check out 8bitstudios.com. It is amazing I love the website uh, how much work has gone into that
1: you know we um, we're kind of a rare company in that we pretty much reinvent the website uh, I would say maybe once or twice a year so it's been through it's been through probably six iterations since we started the company um, since we started taking on clients about five years ago the company's been around about seven years so you know we uh, I have two founding partners with me one in user experience and one in design so between those guys they go kind of nuts and they kind of reinvent the flavor of how we present ourselves every once in a while kind of depending on the people we're working with right now and our client roster and the vibe of the space so we had just moved into a new office space we just had everything built out and uh, my partners wanted to showcase it so that's how they chose to showcase it we actually hired a photographer to come in and um, basically go through all the you know ping pong and nerf gun war shots that you see in there so that was a lot of fun
0: so so the most interesting thing i think it, it could have been a website where you say hey we've been established since 2007 but instead of saying that you say uh, we've been around for 10 iPhones <laughs> which uh, <laughs> you're measuring uh, instead of years uh, we're measuring in yeah. iphone <laughs> uh, versions
1: yeah 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 it's you could you could say that about microprocessors or yeah just about anything. <laughs>
0: yeah that's great. Uh, so what is it you do then at eight bit studios and um, how do you help out your clients?
1: sure so uh, so specifically, I think that's two questions. I think specifically, I run technology, so anybody who develops software in our shop reports to me um so that that is Android developers, iOS developers. Uh, Ruby and Rails web development and front end development, so HTML and CSS and JavaScript coders as well. So they all they all report to me, and I kind of oversee the work that's being done there. Um, so as Eight Bit goes, we uh, you know we're typical. You know, I guess our bread and butter is the same as a lot of our uh, brothers and sisters' bread and butter, where we take client work in, um, from anything from say a startup to an established company. Uh, one of our, you know, we worked with Hasbro and the few museum and Nike, but also a ton of local startups. Uh, Groupon actually did qualify as a small startup about six years ago when we worked with them and some other local startups in town that we worked
0: with. Uh, maybe Groupon so, owe their success to you guys then.
1: Well, you know, it's funny about that. Uh, and what the heck it's a podcast. Um, so they, for a while, they were stealing some of their senior talent from us. So it was, uh, we, were, we were feeding the upper echelons of the um, executive committee or executive uh, team with X 8 bit Studios people. So it was a little frustrating. but.
0: <laughs> uh, 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 and also, I bet, uh, I mean, there's some agencies uh, that build apps and um, do work for clients and take a small stake in the startup. And I bet um, it would have been great if you were offered that for Groupon. <laughs>
1: Yeah, definitely. We uh, yeah, we two of our two of our former partners went over there. Um, one of them is still uh, um, still one of the global directors, and another one of them is has uh, just left as director of engineering. And I know they got a little piece of the pie, so good for them.
0: <laughs> uh, well, that's that's interesting though. That um, you know you got to be careful about the clients you take on because um, uh, you know that it could. Um, you know, be great for the business, but also it could destabilize the company as well if... Um,
1: yeah, yeah. We're really, really careful about that. So part of our retention strategy, I mean, let's be honest, any of the developers that we hire can go almost literally across the street where the, in the neighborhood we're in, in Chicago, and find a job for maybe more money. So one of our retention strategies is to have um, good and exciting work to do. And the, re- the way we do that is we try to align our, um, more or less find an ideological alignment with our clients. So, you know, we, we have core passions in the founders of 8 as well as the people that make up the company. And so when we have somebody come in and interview with a client, we pay attention to those alignments and pay attention to those passions. So, for instance, you know, we've got a uh, pretty heavy education passion in, the, in, in 8-Bit. So when somebody comes in with an education startup or an edu- education company we're, we're usually all over it. Um, if somebody comes in without a passion alignment but they're really nice people and we think they're going to be fun to work with <clears throat> we're all over that too. So it's really we're really seeking to form lasting relationships with our clients that our people can really enjoy.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is uh, great because uh, I know a lot of people listening to this uh, show right now have had poor experiences with clients. Uh, They could be quite demanding. And uh, also, you know, in the field of building apps, there's wild expectations. And uh, they, you, you know, sometimes you know, I've been approached uh, by clients who think you can build an app and get five million downloads uh, for five thousand <laughs> dollars, uh, right? And it can be done in a
1: weekend because I yeah. saw the Social Network, and uh, that was, you know, he did that in a weekend.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, we've all had those experiences, um, and you know, I've been in this field for about thirty years, so that does give me a little bit of an edge when I come into a conversation. And somebody asks me, you know, my opinion on timelines or any of that stuff. And I can kind of switch hats a little bit from vendor to mentor and kind of walk them through what it really looks like and and, and their risk points as well.
0: So so for those listening who are perhaps, you know, I mean, we have developers who listen to this show. Uh, they have their own portfolio of apps, but maybe that's not enough to support themselves financially. So they do need to build uh, apps for others do other work and uh, w- what guidance w- would you have for them because you you kind of mentioned a very enviable uh, client list you know have you got any tips on on how to attract some of the big uh, corporates to get get their work and you know perhaps that that would be good to give that guidance out
1: so i make sure that uh that personally i you know get out there and, and speak pretty, pretty regularly um, for a long time, I was taking lunch with pretty much any, um, any CEO of a small company that wanted my time, and that ended up getting me a lot of exposure into some bigger companies. The, uh, <clears throat> some of the magic happens on the other side where uh, my, one of my co-founders, John Osler, he, uh, he's very much about the tactical exposure on like LinkedIn or the blog space. So he's very good at blogging about, you know, problems we've been having, um, how to solve problems with clients, that kind of thing. And those things actually get picked up pretty frequently on LinkedIn. Um, and we have a pretty prolific <clears throat> community here, a uh, digital community here in Chicago called Built-in Chicago. And I know that that's branched out and there's like Built-in Austin now and there's other built-ins. So Getting out there and blogging about what you're doing um, every time you release something cool, blog about it. Uh, and I and you know I'm in a big blogger, so I I, I fill my role by going out and speaking places and, and connecting with people.
0: Yeah, and I actually think that I mean we've had this now on a number of different episodes uh, where the the importance of networking uh, because a lot of again anyone starting out thinks they could just spend the time behind a, a computer and uh, that will magically. Uh, bring them work, and uh, it just sounds like it's really important to to get out there, meet people physically, yeah. and uh, network.
1: Yeah, that's a nerd's fantasy. Unfortunately, um, we all want to believe that you know, just if we if we if we buckle down and hunker over the keyboard, that that good things will come to us. And you know, I think that does happen, but it seems to be those are the rare those are the rare outliers. Um, I have found personally that you know. Any measure of success that we've had as a competitor or that I've had as a single individual has come through, um, I wouldn't say exhausting network, exhaustive networking, but pretty aggressive networking, just getting out there a lot. And, you know, the more busy you get, the less you're going to be able to network. So, you know, you've got that to look forward to. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so there's a few things we need to do. Uh, Don, before we uh, say goodbye to you, one is that we do actually have a number of uh, questions from uh, listeners who, you know, they they tell me some of their biggest challenges. And uh, some of these are themed in um, discoverability of apps and on the App Store. Uh, I wondered, you know, in your client work and building apps, and and we're talking about native apps here, uh, have you got any the uh, things that you 've learned uh, to help increase the discoverability of uh, apps on the Google Play and the Apple app Store
1: The only you know I 'm not sure about the uh, the Google um, Play Store but on Apple it's a bit of a mystery as to how the search mechanism works um, and I've got friends at Apple too and there's just no real science behind how that all comes into play I mean you'll have keywords that aren't searchable and or keywords that that aren't revealing anything through a normal search in the App Store so what I suggest is going the traditional route of um, you know writing online blogging um, getting other people to review your apps um, getting out there and talking about the app have reviewers download it just kind of the traditional way of getting out there and talking about what your work the work that you're doing and also if it's Decent enough, um, submit submit your app design to some design contests. I mean, even submitting it, you can talk about that. You can talk about, you know, submit it to X, Y, and Z design contests or design award finalist contests or whatever. Um, Another thing that you can do is you can take some of the code that you're using in your app or that you've written for your app and open source it. Um, If you do that and it's, you know, something that other people reach out for is like a common problem to solve people might pick up your technology and then they might go seek out your app and at least start talking about you. And when people go start searching you, they'll see your apps as well. So those are two like non-conventional things that you
0: can do. So you mentioned about submitting and you just reminded me that I've recently been submitted for the International Podcasting uh, Gratitude Award (laughs) on the 30th of September. So (laughs) just to remind the listeners that I do win if you go and leave me a review and tell me how your life has changed listening to this podcast. Uh, (laughs) Just go Um, vote for Paul. Just go vote for him right now. Yeah. So I have... good fortune of having a highly relevant sponsor for you to go and try out it's gummy cube and they will ask you this one question what gives you a better return on investment than a user acquisition advertising campaign and the answer is app store optimization you need to be spending your money on making sure that you are doing everything right when it comes to app store optimization and this is about really getting uh, in front of your target audience, identifying who they are, define your app's core features and unique value proposition, and review competitor app store ratings and reviews, research competitor branding, positioning, keywords, and category, uh, optimizing your icon for uh, focus groups. I mean, uh, these are all things that uh, Gummy Key will help you out with, and uh, I think they'll take away the headache when it comes to trying to think about app store optimization. So to go and check them out, go to www.gummycube.com. That's www.gummycube.com. And I want to thank Gummy Q for just continuing to support the show. So I have a highly relevant sponsor. They're called Apptentive and they will help you get the best reviews for your app. Now, don't just take my word for it because here is one of their clients, uh, they, who has uh, given a quote, uh, all recipes, who have apps in the app store this is what they say apptentive has given us a way to see our customer feedback and to respond directly to the user giving the feedback which allows us to have a two-way conversation with our app users this dialogue is significant because it makes our users know that their feedback is taken seriously and shapes the conversation in a way that's positive for both of us go and check it out you get a free consultation by going to www.apptentive.com thank you very much to Apptentive for supporting this show. So go and get a free consultation by going to www.apptentive.com forward slash app guy. It's all lowercase. And thank you very much to Apptentive for supporting this show. The other one that seems to be uh, I get a lot of questions on is that uh, if you're building an app for yourself or even taking client work on uh, with Apple, let's talk about Apple, uh, they Uh, may reject the app. And uh, have you had any situations? How do you deal with that, that risk of building something, spending a lot of money on it, and then having potentially it rejected?
1: So it kind of depends on the app. Uh, The first app I had rejected was just to build out something fun. Um, And it was actually one of the first things that we did at 8-Bit. It was an internal project, just for nice and weekend stuff, just for fun. And the app got rejected, and it was part of a larger story, that uh, an ad agency in New York picked up on anyway. So that was just part of the fun. Like, yeah, our app got rejected too. We laughed about it. There was nothing we could do about it because the entire crux of the app um, was fake quotes from a public figure. So there was nothing we could do about it. It was uh, JoeBidensTeeth.com and it's just, you know, that was fun. Um, We have had some clients though that, you know, when they come in, you do your best to stay on top of everything that Apple's going to flag. But at some point, Um, you're not going to be able to keep up with everything. And don't let that stress you out. What you do is, um, you know, you kind of know what Apple's going to flag specifically. Google's much more lenient, but you kind of know that Apple's going to have its its eyeballs out for uh, in-app gambling or purchasing or donations or anything that has to do with money and sweepstakes. So um, we did have a client recently that, um, that it was a charitable donation platform we built out for them. And it was actually a Rails platform that we're delivering through mobile. And Apple rejected it. Um, and we had to do a real quick workaround in like two days because of an event that was coming up. where We had to take the charitable donation piece out of the app experience and put it on the web and, and throw people out to there. So nine times out of ten, if you've got, if you've got a rejection from Apple, uh, it's going to be workable with the Apple engineers. Um, there have been a few clients that have come to us with ideas that, honestly, I don't know if they would have flown with Apple, but I didn't like them anyway. Um, so we actually didn't end up building that out. But in my, you know, using my better judgment, we just didn't build it in the first place. Um, and specifically, this the, the app idea was uploading celebrity photos and then being able to like punch them and they bruise, and it just didn't feel right to me. It just, I don't like. I don't like the idea of violent apps uh, for the sake of that. It just seemed distasteful. I'm sure if we'd built that, that Apple would have pushed back on it.
0: you reminded me now of, uh, I think, a 12-year-old who's um, been on TED, a TED Talker, and uh, he <laughs> built an app um, that was uh, bashing Justin Bieber. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think okay. he did. <laughs> uh, so he was on TED. Uh, they approved that. <laughs> but, uh, right, well, maybe that's... No. Uh, Maybe that's a, <laughs> a specific celebrity that you're allowed to bend the rules maybe on. I <laughs> maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was wrong. Well, there's, um, I'll tell you, there's two more things. If we've got time, you must have come across maybe some tools or resources that perhaps you um, could recommend that would, would do help you in your business and could help uh, you know a small uh, business owner running a maybe a smaller agency. Uh, any yeah, any tools or recommendations you could recommend.
1: Well, um, I am, uh, so we're big users of, uh, you're talking like administrative tools or about business level tools.
0: Well, I mean, everything that's really awesome Anything? that helps save your time. And, sure. And... So I can
1: tell you about, uh, about a few things. So, um, you know, we're big users of fresh books, um, pivotal tracker, GitHub. Those are kind of like and Basecamp. Those are kind of like the staples of small businesses in, in the city anyway. Um, and, uh, um, We're, it is, uh, uh, sorry, uh, pardon the self-promotion. We're actually building an internal tool that we're about to release in the beta that helps people track status reports with their clients. Um, And it's kind of like, I would say it's a base camp of, of uh, status reports. So that, that's something we're very excited about.
0: Oh, great. Can we put a link to that in the show notes?
1: Yeah. Um, I can, if you want, I can send you that, uh, send you that an email. Um, it's going to be called sushi status.com and I think we've got a beta link to it right now. I think it's beta.sushistatus.com.
0: Great. Uh, yeah. Just to remind everyone that what the things that we are talking about they will be in the show notes It's episode, that magical number 350. Uh, just go to the app guy.co search for Don Bora and uh, you'll see links, uh, to, um, the things that we mentioned. So, um, that that's quite a quite a good list of uh, potential tools then to use uh, for us um so Don, this is a show about apps we We do love talking about apps, and uh, I wondered if you know you could pull out your smartphone and give us one or two app recommendations <laughs> sure. Uh, for yep, sure for apps so that it's, you really love
1: um I love facebook paper um I use OmniFocus, Yahoo Weather, uh, Flipboard. Uh, a couple years ago, I lost a ton of weight, so I still use the Weight Watchers mobile app, even though I hate it, and I wish Weight Watchers would let me rewrite it. I got a standing ovation at one Weight Watchers meeting when I was asked to speak and, and told them that. Um, and, you know, I just downloaded uh, Laura Croft Go. I'm not a huge gamer, but um, that, that was a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, those are my big ones. Other than like mailbox and calendar, those are my big go-to apps almost every single day.
0: You know, actually, I think that's the first time in all these episodes that Facebook paper has ever been mentioned.
1: You're Um, kidding me. Yeah. The The framework that they use for animation is just inspiring. They did such a good job.
0: Uh, I I actually I, I'm embarrassed to tell you now the app guy has not downloaded that <laughs> so no you should
1: you should definitely don't no, don't be embarrassed about it it's, I don't think they promote it uh, yeah. purposely
0: what is it but uh, what what is it you do then on the app um, I'm guessing you put together like content and like news pages it's, it's
1: ex- no 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 it's exactly like Facebook um, except the timeline is much 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 more imaginative and they've also got uh, news news feeds um, they've got like three or four news feeds that that are, are pretty cool. Um, and it's really what they did was they fleshed out what they call uh, POP, which is their animation framework that they built this on. And that is the, the most amazing thing. It's, it's kind of like an origami-based navigation system, and it's
0: really cool. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. So uh, um, is it as cool as, because um, uh, you mentioned the other one, which is uh, Flipboard. Flipboard, yeah.
1: yeah. It's, it's cooler than Flipboard. Because one of the things that I don't like about Flipboard is when you go into a piece of content, you don't know if it's going to flip or if it's going to scroll. Um, mm-hmm. And I always and I always have to like take myself out of the content to see what's going to happen navigationally. And paper doesn't have paper's navigation is pretty consistent, but yes, similar similar feel. But some of the polish that they put on it is just amazing.
0: Uh, that, isn't that incredible that, you know, they, they do not promote that. I mean, I'm surprised I've never seen that on my Facebook feed, which would have been yeah. the obvious place to self-promote that. So, uh, uh,
1: Yeah, it's, it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, terrific. Well, what a great recommendation. Don, is there anything you feel like we've missed in your journey uh, or anything that could help uh, budding entrepreneurs who are just starting out? Uh, maybe, maybe uh, did you feel like we covered everything? or is there uh, any, Yeah, any maybe. Yeah.
1: I guess one thing that I would say is I get asked a lot about um, you know, how we started and how we bootstrapped. Um, and you know one of the things that, that I did was I, when I quit my job and knew we were going to start Ape It Up, I went and worked and I learned C Sharp and worked at a friend of mine's financial company for about a year. And I put 60% of my paycheck in the bank to live off of for that day when I would leave that job, which everyone knew was a buddy of mine, so we all knew what was going on, and go without a paycheck to start 8 bit. So, the biggest, I guess, piece of advice I have is <clears throat> try to be a little financially aware when you're going into it. I did this with a wife and a kid in private school and a mortgage. <laughs> wow. So, it's, I mean, it's, there's nothing that needs to stop you from doing it. And it's a hell of a rush, um just you know be a little mindful of cash. Uh, that's all, just a little planning. and it took me about six months' worth of planning, and I was able to do it, and that's uh, like probably six years ago now,
0: yeah, it gives you a lot of runway, doesn't it, so that you can oh, yeah. um, take that yeah. risk and and ultimately, you know what we've been told on this show before is that if it doesn't work out, then you've got the skills to go back and and just um, yep. get back into the you workplace got it. so.
1: Yeah, I'm on company number six right now, so...
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> terrific. terrific. Uh, well, Don, what a terrific episode. As I say, all the links will be in uh, the show notes, but how, in the meantime, how can people get in touch with you? How can they reach out and connect?
1: Sure, so uh, they can reach me on uh, the 8 Studios website. Um, the form will reach me, and also you can uh, reach out to me on Twitter, uh, at Dbora, and also Don at 8
0: Great. Terrific. Don, thanks very much for sharing your journey. What an inspirational journey it is. And uh, I'm sure that will uh, you know, be enough to, you never know, someone listening to this might actually leave and start their own uh, company. Um, well, as so. We have had a lot of <laughs> listeners do that. So um, thank you, Don, for just being so um, inspirational and uh, enjoy Chicago.
1: All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for this opportunity.
0: Just to remind you that this show is sponsored by Gummy GummyCube Gummy Cube are a big data company that are collecting data into Data Cube, which is pulling data from the app stores, Google Play and the Apple App Store. So go and use an app store optimization company that is getting its data from the app stores and not from web searches, which do not relate really to what's going on in the app store. Go and check them out. It's www.gummycube.com. Thank you very much to Gummy Cube. They're just such a great supporter of this show. So let me remind you that this episode has been sponsored by Apptentive. Now you can go and sign up for a free mobile app consultation by going to apptentive.com forward slash appguy. That's all lowercase, apptentive.com forward slash appguy. All you need to do is complete a form and what they'll do is they will evaluate uh, an overall app experience and information about how Apptentive can increase your apps ratings and reviews. So go to www.apptentive.com forward slash appguy get that free consultation and thank you Apptentive for supporting this show. So I've been involved recently in a number of app launches. It's been really exciting. And I'd love to know if you would like to hear episodes involved in dissecting these app launches and going through the story finding out what was good what didn't work quite as well giving you download numbers and that sort of stuff Uh, so i would love to know if this is of interest to you Uh, please do get in touch and let me know it's paul at theappguy.co paul at theappguy.co or uh, you could uh, get a hold of me on twitter paul underscore s underscore kemp or alternatively, uh, just get hold of me on my website. Contact me through there. It's uh, theappguy.co, and uh, you'll be able to see a contact form there. Let me know. Let me know if you're interested in launches. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun with launches recently, and uh, learning a lot of stuff. So, d- would you like this for uh, your app business? Let me know. And uh, thanks very much. And looking forward to getting another episode to you soon.